You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Is this thing on? It is on. It is. It is. I got to put up my mic up oh, on my no. headphones. Wasn't that a sketch that Dave Chappelle did where he just was rapping, but he really wasn't rapping. He was just telling the guy and while he was in the booth to put his headphones up. Wasn't that Dave Chappelle? Probably. It sounds pretty funny. I thought you knew Dave Chappelle skits. I do. I just don't know all of them, I guess. Oh, okay. You, you weren't one of those like average people during high school that just always watched Chappelle show, always quoted Chappelle show, always talked certain, about certain, show. Qu- certain quotes I did. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was just one of those things. It's like when Borat came out, everybody. Quoted oh, Borat. I was, I was very bad with Borat. That or was Anchorman. Yep. And, yeah. Anchorman, Napoleon Dynamite and Borat. Those were my, uh, those are my guys. <laughs> those are your, your yeah. Guys. Ugh. <laughs> well, yeah. Ugh. I get it. I had to vote for Pedro t-shirt. Oh, you did? I did. Uh, I remember Napoleon Dynamite being a very, very big thing. It was, yeah. I remember like the movie was out like 10 weeks already and I went to go see it and it was still a packed house. Yep. It was just one of those movies that just had so much so much, so much, much legs to it that it was able to just continually sell out showing after showing. Yeah, I saw oh, it man. in the front row. Really? Yeah, I was like in the third or fourth row. Uh, so you had a nice view of, was it John Heater, Header? Something, yeah, something like yeah, that. John Heater. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll just call him that. The, the John guy. The other John. The other John. There's so many Johns. There's so many Johns. Exactly. Including a John on this podcast. And an Adam here on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Damn. End scene. End scene. <laughs> Exit stage. Right? Left? Left. Either one's fine. Well, technically, the door is on your stage right, so it'd be stage right. Ah, okay. So yeah. stage right is where the door is. I never knew that. Right? Because if you're staring at the stage. Yes. If you're staring at the stage, yes. it's the opposite away. So like an opposite view if you're like on there. So if you're on the stage, left is right and right is left. Up is down, west is east, north is south, you know. <laughs> it's, um, man, that's taking me back. Back to my theater days. I feel ah. like I feel like I can tell a many a tale. So, do, do you know that most people who do plays don't talk about the uh, the Scottish play? Do you know what the Scottish play is? Do you know that? Belief? Yes, you I do. do. You do. Good. And I know it. Austin Powers. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. My bad. <laughs> uh oh, our podcast is cursed. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> We're gonna be visited by the <laughs> the three spirits of Mike Myers. <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, so, so we need an updated version oh, of a Christmas Story. Of Christmas, was it Christmas Story or Christmas Carol? A Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah, yes, that's right. Where he's visited by the three spirits of Mike Myers, Austin what, Powers, Austin Powers, Shrek, Shrek. What would be the other one? Uh, Wayne. 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 Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, who's the ghost of the future? The future. Uh, ghost of the future 
Well, I feel like that has to be. Mm, I feel like that has to be Austin Powers. It has to be Austin Powers because he gets yeah. frozen, right? He gets he frozen. Wakes up in the future, and mm-hmm. that makes sense. All right, and then um, past I, can be I, I Shrek, think, I think. Yeah, past can be Shrek, and then present should be Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. always in the present. Exactly, he's always in the present, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very interesting tangent. We're starting yeah, off this baby, episode. I'm going to take you to a shagadelic future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And travel in the, in, in the mystery mobile or whatever it's is, called. Is it the mystery mobile? No, wait, that's Scooby Doo. No. I don't it's, know he... Wasn't that just Shag Mobile? Mm, probably. Everything was Shag. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just called that movie Shag. Uh, yeah. Shag. <laughs> I'm tr- I'm trying to remember. There was one funny line that still cracks me up all the time. From it's either the first or the second one, and I wish I could remember what it is. Oh, maybe it's the second one. He's about to go back in time, and they basically do like a view at the camera, like they break the fourth wall, like b- b- before he's about to go travel back in time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, I hope you have a good time, Austin Powers." And you too at home, like they. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right. I probably don't have the right quote, but <laughs> I just love moments like that. You know oh, my man. favorite line is what? <laughs> it's uh when the when the big guy, fat B word, yes. is in the bathroom. He just goes randomly. I don't remember having an icon. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It, just, it gets me every time. <laughs> or like after he says that emotional speech and then he farts and oh, he's like yeah. I fucked it <laughs> I'm sorry baby oh god oh this is off to a great start uh, but you know we're, we're, we're talking about funny things mm-hmm. because we're gonna discuss a funny thing oh did it did it happen on the way to the forum <laughs> <laughs> it's um a movie it's not just a thing. It's a movie. It's a film mm-hmm. that just dropped pretty recently. The Suicide Squad. So, or, <laughs> taking or, a reverse Facebook here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Justin Timberlake's like, instead of the suicide, instead of Suicide Squad, put a the in it. Yeah, <laughs> the Suicide Squad. That's great. That's great. Or, or as I like to say, the Suicide Squad. <laughs> the Suicide Squad. Yeah, quite a um a build up to get here. Yes, quite a build up to get here. Yep. Directed by James Gunn, who previously had done the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And a whole bunch of other weird movies. Oh yeah. Like Slither. Did you ever see Slither? I haven't. I've always oh, wanted to. It's very good. Yeah. There's a lot of Slither vibes in this movie, which are very cool. Okay. Yeah, it's got a lot of horror elements to it. Yeah, I was I was about to say I was very surprised with this movie, and I'm, I know we'll get into it in a little bit, but this definitely is a James Gunn film. Yep, and considering the first Suicide Squad movie, which was not very good, <laughs> and just mishmashed it, it, the first Suicide Squad was a DC movie that was trying to be a James Gunn Marvel movie, yeah. and they failed epically at it because one, they're not James Gunn, and two, they didn't understand what makes those movies what they are. It and also it, definitely was like just chopped to bits by the studio yeah like james gunn has this approach where he's just able to make weird people and interesting things be more than they are and mm-hmm. that's why the guardians of the galaxy did so well was because he brought characters 
you know, and developed them and gave them stories and backgrounds and, you know, you follow their journeys. And that's why it works so well. Yeah. I, I don't dislike the first Suicide Squad. I wouldn't say it's one of the better movies. I wouldn't say it's even great, but I didn't quite get behind all the hate that everybody else had behind it. There were things that I liked and there were some things that I didn't. It's just kind of middle of the road for me. But yeah, you bring in James Gunn and you know you're going to have somebody with a unique vision, his own kind of way of doing things that just a lot of it's it's it, it's elements that can be very like pleasing for a crowd, be it the sense of humor, in this case a lot of gore, mm-hmm. the body horror like you had mentioned. He brings something to a film and thankfully DC gives it to him. It's basically a soft reboot of sorts. And he basically is just kind of given, I think, carte blanche to do anything and everything he wants. Yeah, I was kind of reading, you know, some interviews and stuff. And he was saying that, you know, he wasn't going to do it unless he had, you know, pretty decent creative control. So it sounded like a lot of the things that he wanted got was approved and got in there. And he was able to know spoilers, whatever, you know, kill off characters and do different things. So I think it's it's interesting how DC took it versus Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like with Marvel, it's a clear cut formula, even though it is directed by James Gunn. There's still parts that make it a Marvel movie where this felt like a normal James Gunn movie. And like he got to ex- show his vision and it definitely shows with like all the set pieces and the creative elements and stuff. Completely agree. And you bring up a good point. We do need to reiterate that our spoilers abound yep, here. Spoilers. All the spoilers. spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet. Well, I we don't know what to tell you. Go watch it. Go watch it on HBO Max. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. In the comfort of your home. In the comfort of your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why it didn't do well at the theaters. <laughs> I wonder if, um, similar to, what's her face, Scarlett Johansson, how she sued Disney. I don't know. Kind that's of a good I wonder if any of them are going to be suing to hmm. try to get Lost Box off his revenue or something. Hmm. Well, that's a good question because I don't think Gal Gadot or Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman, was it 1984? Mm, true, true. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Warner Brothers just had it figured out better or they had some kind of better contract written up. And probably that. I'm sure there's also a bit of with Scarlett Johansson. Like, she saw what had happened with Tony Stark. What's his name? That's a character. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr., thank you. And was like, I want some of that, especially since she had been around for seven movies. Yep. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily, like, very good at the legal stuff. I do think that, like, she also can do this because she's not going to make any more Black Widow movies. Yep. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, well, might as well go for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think with The Suicide Squad, we got to see a much different movie than the first time around. But it's still a soft reboot of sorts. There's some characters that, that come back, like Rick Flagg and Boomerang. Yeah, and there's also elements, you know, they don't really bring up the Harley Quinn movie that came out, Birds of Prey. And it seems to be, it's almost like a side, like a side story almost than it is a, you know, continuation. It's its own thing. It feels very much like its own thing. And it's not the first R-rated movie because Birds of Prey has that title. Yeah. But I'd I'd almost say like this is a good compliment to that in a way. It felt like a Batman episode, you know, like, up. It's like I was, I've been watching, you know, Batman, the animated series, which is awesome, by the way. It's yes, so good. Yes. And that makes me so happy every time we talk about it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, you know, like in the show, the, 
everyone's always coming and going in Arkham, right? Because yeah. they always do something and they get arrested, blah, blah, blah. And that's what this kind of felt like. It's like, oh, these are the people we arrested. Let's toss them in and see what happens. You know, it's like, oh, just another day. Harley Quinn's in jail. Okay, she'll escape at some point. But for now, put in the Suicide Squad. You're right. You're really, really right. That's exactly how it is. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like this movie quite a bit is because by this point, we've established some of these characters already, so we don't need to go through a whole origin story. Yes. But for any of the new characters that are introduced, you know, they we get their stories as the, as the movie goes along. Yeah, they do just enough to include them and bring yeah. them in. They give them each their own, like, special moment, which I always typically like, like in heist films, for example. It's like Ocean's Eleven, the one that, the remake that was done by Steven Sodenberg. The reason why that first one's so great is that every character has, like, a moment to shine, like, has that one scene where their character really gets to do something special mm-hmm. or have a great moment. And this movie does a great job of doing that with all of its characters. Yeah. And it's it means that you have good variety. It also means you get plenty of surprises along the way. And then it also just really means that you get attached to characters that you didn't think you would get attached to. It's almost more fun to get attached to those characters. Like, for instance, like Polka Dot Man. It's like, it's almost, the joke is that you're caring about polka dot man who was in the comics for like five seconds and never heard from again like that's mm-hmm. that's the fun part of it and i think that's why it made sense to bring james gunn for this because he you know he, he he bought a tree to life you know yes. and made it sell millions of toys and plush and animals and you know all that stuff so it's like he, he's able to humanize some of the weirder elements and personality traits and it seems like with james gunn he took what it had worked from previous films that he's done in the superhero genre, like the aforementioned Guardians movies, and carried some of the spirit of that over. But I think with this one, the big difference besides obviously the R rating and the gore and all that is the simple fact that he's allowed to get weird. Uh, a friend of the show, Ryan, really brought up a good point that like he's, he's allowed to really embrace his weird- weirdness in this movie. Yeah. And... That's an absolutely fantastic point here. I think that's one of the reasons why this was elevated for me because I expected it to be funny. I expected it to be gory, but I didn't expect to have some moments where I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And like at, at this point, DC has nothing to lose. So why not hire the guy, you know? Exactly. And that's why those Marvel movies sometimes are just so disappointing to me just because like, you know, you hire these visionary directors to come in and bring their spin on things, mm-hmm. you know, and they are not able to carry their vision per se because of, you know, the Marvel telling them, oh, you have to follow this structure and blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 where, yes, maybe this movie does follow a similar superhero structure, you know, the giant CGI battle at the end, but it's done in a way that kind of like everything building it. It, it leads to the payoff, you know? It does. It's not like the Suicide Squad are fighting robot versions of themselves with the same powers. And, you know, they're fighting a giant monster that's, you know, it's kind of goofy looking even. It is. Yeah. It is. It's even kind of goofy looking even the comics itself. But it's got an interesting juxtaposition because mm. what you would think would be kind of a ridiculous, goofy villain at the end, Starro, it ends up being a real threat considering everything he does to random innocent people around him. Yeah. That has like very much like almost kind of like a body horror element to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very interesting because the stakes are much higher in this movie than I expected. I don't think it's maybe as like laugh a minute as maybe some people would want, but 
that's also not the intention either. It's not it's not as much of a comedy. It has comedic moments. Yeah. But it does get very serious though. Yeah, there's a um the director lady. What's her name? Miranda oh, William? Um, Waller. Waller. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, like they upped her evilness level to like 11 at certain mm-hmm. points of the movie. Like she is totally just ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. Not expecting any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she 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 even had some really great moments in this too. Mm-hmm. And I mean as Viola Davis, I believe is yep, that's yep. her. She I mean, she's obviously already known as being a phenomenal actress. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there, there was no question about that. But she is even given some moments, too, where she really gets to, like, go for it. There's one scene at the end where she's, like, yelling at them. Yeah. And just like, oh, her, this is intense. Her anger is palpable in oh, the best is. way possible. It is. Yeah. It is. She's great casting for this. And, you know, while she's not in it a lot, she makes her presence felt in every single scene that she's in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the best elements about this, Adam. I think, you know, we've kind of already touched upon it here, but the casting is just strong across the board for for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully, they all get their own moment to shine, their own, own moment for you to get attached to them. But it's like you watch this movie and you never, ever feel like, oh, this character doesn't work or this character's better than the other. They're They're all great. They're all very, very consistent. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's some real standouts here for me. Um, and I'm sorry if I butcher the names. I mean, honestly, everybody's pretty much great. But, I mean, Margot Robbie by this point, like, she she deserves more movies. She's I think she's one of the best things out of the DCEU. Yeah. Not just this movie, but all the other ones that she's been in before. Um, and I think in some ways she really gets more opportunities to shine even more so oh, well, than yeah, the other people, movies. She's the main selling point. People are going to see this because of her and just how popular she is and just all the cool stuff that they can do with her. She's also given some great moments of dialogue where she like shoots that dictator and basically just oh, says yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry I had to kill you, but I, I have to keep an eye out for red flags. My, my favorite part of the whole movie is they're just murdering people by like the masses and the dictator guy goes, yeah, I'm going to kill the children, too. And Harley Quinn's like, I draw the line at children. Yeah. And someone else says the exact same line, too, like later in the movie. Where he's like, I'm going to kill the children. And they're like, boom. It's like, no one kills children. I'm like, oh, these guys have good morals. I like exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, Daniela uh, Melcord. I might have that last name incorrect. I apologize if I do. She plays... Ratcatcher 2. Oh, yes. Who, I mean, I'm not really familiar with her. I'm, I'm guessing she's a relatively new actress. She was kind of the heart of the movie in some ways and has a good bond and relationship with, um, not... Idris Elba? Idris Elba, yeah. I know the actress name, but what character was he? Bloodsporn? Bloodsport? Bloodsporn? Bloodsport? <laughs> Deadshot? I don't know. Yeah, no, Deadshot was the last one. That's right. And so, he might come back at some point too, right? I mean, who knows? I mean... Yeah. Bloodsport, that's who it is. Sorry, I had Blood to look sport. it up. Okay. Yeah, and they have a great relationship, and I really thought, like, okay, that's that's another strong element of this film that I like, because to your point, like, these are terrible people, but we still need to like them mm-hmm. in some kind of way, but you can't have them be too cheesy or too saccharine. Um, otherwise, it just feels really forced, and they just they did just enough. It's like, these are terrible people, and they can kill a lot of people, and they can do a lot of illegal things, but you still need to be connected to them somehow. And the script was able to do it. 
Um, yeah, she's another standout. And then I also have to give full props to um, John Cena. Yeah, he's good. He's I like very, that. very good. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised. He showed up on Psych, I don't know, however long ago, like way back in the day, I guess maybe when he was first getting into acting, maybe. And he plays like the brother or brother of a female lead detective. And he was great in that and had a lot of good acting chops. So it doesn't surprise me here. There were so many points where he honestly had me just really laughing out loud. Like the scene of him in his underwear. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you notice they put extra padding down there too. <laughs> but it was just so funny because like he's just got like this deadpan look just like you know he's so muscular and so like you know <laughs> yeah there's like um these dc movies have like this realness to them which yeah. i think they try to focus and rely more on than the marvel movies where you know the marvel movies are like you know there's a lot of fantasy in there it's because of the powers and all that kind of stuff and what they do but like the realness of this movie, especially in like the sets and yeah. the props and all the, the practical effects that were used were just unbelievable to see and just like watch. It's like, Oh, this is how a, a comic book movie should feel. Like, yeah, I never thought I was watching something fake like, Oh, okay. This is a giant CGI dumb thing. You know, there wasn't really much of that. The CGI was very good in this, especially on King shark. Yeah. It was, everything was very tastefully done because of all this, the practical effects near everything. And they, you could tell they used a lot of real sets and, yes. you know, a lot of props and fake blood and all that. Oh yeah. 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 And, and there's, there's a lot of blood in this. <laughs> yeah. Like that beginning beach scene is like, you can kind of see where like the set ends Yeah, you can. in some parts. And I kind of like that cause it feels like, Oh, this is cool. Like they're trying to make it as real as they can. It doesn't feel fake. It felt like, it, maybe you would agree with me on this, it kind of felt like an 80s action movie at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So, which I don't think is a bad thing to do for something like this, because that's very much like, you got a lot of macho type characters, you know, like John Cena and, you know, he's, he's a big guy like Schwarzenegger, so you could see like the the connection there not saying that they're the same don't get me wrong i'm just saying that like no but like if you're gonna if you're gonna cast a superman like these types of characters who are big beefy dudes it makes yeah. sense to to cast wrestlers for it yeah i think james gunn has the right idea there he does he does you know? especially at the rock too the rock is super popular he's gonna be in everything and he's gonna be what's his name black Bla adam yeah black adam yeah soon. and that's shaping up to be another heck of a cast there as well like Pierce Brosnan's going to be Dr. Fate and all that. Ooh. Just, oh man, it's just very, very cool. Like what is, you know, what DC has down the pipeline now? Cause honestly, I know a lot of people keep on saying like, oh, this movie's saved DC. This movie, DC it's, has had their good movies and it's had their lesser movies. This movie but, proves that DC can be saved and that, if you're willing to let the director carry their vision and someone who's passionate about it, you can yeah. make something very cool. And that's that's what it is. That's why Justice League, the one that came out recently, the Zack Snyder cut, is so much better than the original. It's not flawless. Neither is this film that we've been talking about. But there's definitely a certain sense of like, to your point, whatever vision a director has, it has to be carried up fully. And if not, and the studio comes in and they change up the music, they cut it to crap you know all that kind of stuff ruins a film yeah and it doesn't matter what the intentions are it just is always going to ruin and that's what happened with the original cut of justice league and that's what happened with the suicide squad um but yeah i think with dc i liked birds of prey quite a bit the, the movie that came out i guess it was 
probably the previous DCEU movie. It came out last year, right? Um, Other in, than in the, theaters. I mean, Wonder Woman came out. Oh, that's right, Wonder Woman. But um, I don't know if that was ever in theaters or if it was, it was very, very limited. Okay. I, I would say Wonder Woman 2 especially was like Patty Jenkins' own vision behind it. I know that there are people who don't like it and there are people that do, but I think that was very much her own thing. Like, And she kept in sequences that a lot of people said like, oh, it just made the movie longer, but she got to have the say over that and keeping them in there. And then with Birds of Prey, that also felt like its own you know, its own unique vision was brought there by the director and a mostly like female crew Mm -hmm. executive produced by Margot Robbie too as well. So there definitely was a lot of influence over that and creating a unique vision. So I'm hoping, you know, that the box office performance doesn't really result in DC changing their mind and heading in that direction. Yeah. I, I think, you know, keeping the realism is important, but like also understanding that, you know, the thing with the Marvel movies is, you know, even though each comic and IP is different, they all take place in the same universe, you know, and DC, you know, while you can't have, you know, Superman ripping people's heads off and blood squirting everywhere that can exist in another realm, which is Suicide Squad, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, it feels like you're more reading a comic book that has a different style. Like These are more comic book movies than Marvel because Marvel seems like it takes place in the same thing, you know where you can have Suicide Squad separate and blood and gore and all that. And then you can have your Justice League, which is, you know, kind of goofy comic book stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's much more important with DC to try and not create its own cinematic universe like Marvel has and just, hey, we've got a great director with a unique vision. Let's bring them on and let them do their own thing. Yeah. I mean, sure, somewhere down the line, I'm sure things will all connect with each other. Probably. And they kind of have loosely. Even this one does too. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's very, very interesting. Like watching a film like this when with superhero movies, they kind of just blend together. Like, I think you and I both like black widow, but it's, it's another Marvel movie, right? Yeah. Well, you, you know what you're getting with this movie. I had no idea what we were getting. Exactly. And, and, it, and it that was refreshing. Like, and it felt very weird watching someone who directed and wrote a Marvel movie do it for a DC movie. And it's like, you're watching, you're like, whoa, like, could you imagine what Guardians of the Galaxy could have been had James Gunn wanted it to do, get to do what he probably couldn't have done? Like, that's a good point. Like this, even if this wasn't like a DC movie, it still felt true to, to James Gunn and his visions. I completely agree. So I wouldn't say that everything worked for me. Yeah. Um, there were, there was some humor that I thought felt a little bit flatter for me, flat flatter for me. Um, and that's just really just, you know, obviously a matter of preference or opinion. It was interesting but. that the humor didn't really come from making fun of like the characters. It was more of their personality showing like no one really made fun of polka dot man for being, having polka dots. Yeah. Like it happened like maybe once towards the beginning, they just accept him. And that's kind of what I really like about it. Yeah, me too. You know, they're like, oh, you shoot polka dots? Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that Sean Gunn, uh, James Gunn's brother, played two characters. He played the, the weasel, oh, the in, weasel the, yeah. in the beginning and then also played Calendar Man, and the Calendar Man there. He was the one who made fun of Polka Dot Man, which I thought was a cool little moment right there. I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yes. I mean, I also do think there's a certain sense of a little bit of predict- predictability. While I, for the most part, I didn't, 
know coming into it who was going to die. I mean, there were a couple I figured, like, who wouldn't? I figured, like, Harley Quinn, probably not. Yeah, right. That beginning beach scene where it's, like, Harley Quinn, another main character, and, like, all these other people. It's like, yeah. Harley Quinn's not going to die. Like, they can't. No, that's no, not going to happen. No, they can't. Yeah. They can't. But there was one, like, later on character death, actually, Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Where it was just so telegraphed. It felt like something out of, like, Jurassic World or something like that, where he has this triumphant moment, yep. you know, like, yeah, go Polka Dot Man. And then all of a sudden, like, he looks away and gets stepped on by Starro. Yeah. Which I just... I'm not a fan of those kind of moments. It just seems like very telegraphed and just like... It was a cliche. It was a cliche. Yeah. It, it's a, it's basically just... I don't know. It was like, ah, oh, you, like you could have... I get it. I get why you need to kill him. But I just... I don't know. I feel like it could have just been done better. I have no idea. Yeah, like have like, Starro throw a, a star at him and, you know him going crazy and throwing polka dots at everyone and have oh like, man you know, like something cool. like that yeah. like, that would have been cool oh yeah yeah that would have been really cool yeah yeah there's the, the, there's some moments like that where it's like okay i know where this is going like with rick flag too it's like okay you know he's, he's gonna be killed this one moment by peacemaker and then they also had to just show like the the cg heart and it was just like i don't feel like you could have left out the cg heart just kind of like the same thing when like King Shark was biting on that head, and the guy's eyes were still. Yeah, moving it felt back like it felt like Mortal Kombat for a second. It did like, it like really the fatalities? Did. And it's like for a movie that had such good like CG, it just felt like extra things were added in just for the sake of kind of just being fun and goofy and over the top. Yeah, it was just like okay, I. I think the only time that did it that worked for me was like the Harley Quinn murder spree where she like shoots everyone and like the oh, flowers kind of come it? out of them. That was that I think that was warranted there, but I agree with like the other stuff. It just didn't work. No, yeah. no, no. And and I do think it was also kind of interesting too, like the pacing of the film. Not that I was ever bored, but it definitely has an odd structure to it. Yeah. It starts out like balls to the wall and sanity. Then it kind of like slows down. We got like, it gets kind of like serious. It gets a bit more dramatic. There's even moments too, like with King Shark, where like he's looking at all these other like sea creatures, <laughs> yeah. you know, where the film just kind of takes its time with him where we see King Shark actually just being happy and, you know, being embraced by fellow sea creatures, which is a good character moment. I could almost see like something like that being cut out and the film just still kind of maybe even working a little bit better without it. It kind of reminded me of the scene in Guardians of the Galaxy where Groot takes his hands up and he throws whatever and he like throws like the lights to light yeah. up the room. It felt like kind of like those little moments. Yeah. Yeah, it very much is. I mean, I appreciate it, but it it almost like, I don't know. It's There's a lot of flashbacks too. There's a lot of like, because you know, at the beginning of the movie, they come up and it's like, meanwhile, like three days earlier, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of that, and yeah. there's a lot of like title cards and stuff like that, where it's you, where the title cards don't like come up on the screen; they're like part of the background. Yeah, that or, was kind of cool. That was, that was. I enjoyed that. Um, I know some people got annoyed by that online, but it, it never bothered me. It felt like a comic book. It felt like a comic book, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I, I do think there's a certain sense of like, okay, this is a lot of fun, but it's not perfect. Um, but I can see myself coming back to this and having a good time with it again because there are some genuinely really funny moments like 
the opening sequence with the weasel and everything like that. Yeah, that's just so funny. The, f- the first like 15 minutes of the movie are gold. Oh, they really, really are. Uh, and, and I think it ends very, very strong. Like usually these comic book movies have a huge giant CGI battle at the end. Yep. This one's no different, but I, it worked this, this time it worked for me. And I don't know if it's because it necessarily did anything too different. I just think that whatever James Gunn brought from either a script perspective from a different or from a directing perspective, just it clicked. Yeah, I think also, too, just the design of the monster. Like, even though, yes, it's CGI, it felt very real. It did. And, like, yes, it's goofy and stupid looking, but, like, you're watching it move and you're watching it do things and, like, how it's walking and how it's, like, alternating between its tentacles. And you're like, okay, this feels real. It does. This feels like it's a serious problem, especially when, you know, he opens up his armpit and shoots the little babies out or whatever. (laughs) So weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll get into my final thoughts here. This movie had much higher stakes than I anticipated. And it definitely was a little bit of a different movie than I was expecting, but that's not something I hold against it. For me, I actually preferred the route that it went because I really just thought this was going to be a comedy and it was to be gory and over the top, but it can be weird. It could be a little bit like unsettling. It goes places that I was not expecting, like the whole thing with Polka Dot Man and his mother. <laughs> like, that was legitimately great. I loved it when it got weird. And the mom, okay, the mom looked very familiar. I think it's, remember in Twin Peaks, the return when they're driving in the car? <gasps> you might be right. I think that's her. Oh my gosh. And he's like, got a light. And the girl, and she's like, oh yeah. Or it's either her. Or, no, 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 this, no. Oh, it's the woman who's yelling. Yeah, he's yeah, like, she's my like, daughter, my son threw up. Yeah, yeah, And Bobby's yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's sick. She's sick. And yeah. she just honks the horn. I knew she looked familiar. I was like, wait oh a second. Oh, my gosh. That sequence is so random. Because just before it, what was the, what was it, like, Bobby and... Um, Bobby's oh. like, oh, man, I wish Shelly still liked me. And then yeah. he goes outside and he's like, ah, my son is yeah yeah we gotta get home (laughs) just so weird uh i wish david lynch would direct some kind of like big movie i know he won't won't. i know he won't but just so like (laughs) just so i can get something like that like (laughs) captain america enters he gets his shield professionally waxed he drinks cup of coffee while he waits for it to be waxed this scene takes five minutes. <laughs> Spider-Man sweeps in the background. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, this is probably about as weird of a superhero movie as we're probably going to get at this moment. And it's because of James Gunn and who he is as a director. Anybody else probably wouldn't be given this much leeway and probably wouldn't be really allowed to go as crazy as he did. And I think that's, just another aspect that I appreciate about this because he kills off a lot of characters, mm-hmm. a lot of them. And yeah, sure, you could argue, well, some of them are never going to come back, but it is very, very interesting just like how gleeful he is almost with it. And while he's, while the way it starts really isn't the way that it ends, I do appreciate the fact that this film kind of follows its own path and just goes its own way where he's just kind of like, all right, we had this initial setup. Let's really get to know these characters some more. Let's really get you to be attached to them. But you know what? We're going to come back around. We're going to make it weird again. We're going to introduce all like this body horror. We're going to introduce like, you know, almost like this political statement of sorts, you know, and, you know, it, with 
the U.S. government and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. And I think I'm going to give this a high rating on my end. I'm going to give it a 8.3 out of 10. Yeah, I I think I'm right there with you on the on the scale there. You know, it, it was very cool seeing how DC handled, you know, a, a director like James Gunn and gave him the creative freedom to do what he did. And I feel like it would be very cool if, like, some of this Marvel stuff could follow this path of, okay, let the people, you know... If you let your directors follow what vision they have, I it would be cool to see what we've gotten, you know, even with like Edgar Wright's, you know, Ant-Man, like what we could have gotten, right? It's, you know, they hired these directors for a reason and they completely gave James Gunn full creative control. And, you know, it it made me appreciate like older movies, honestly, like, you know, like with real sets and designs and, you know, those kinds of scenes. And I felt like the action too, like it was never a jerky moment. Like, you know, when you go see like the Bourne Supremacy and it moves really quick, and it's fast. It's just like, I didn't feel any of that. Like it just, mm-hmm. everything was very controlled and, you know, did what it needed to do. But yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think it's after all the superhero stuff that's come out and kind of following the same formulaic thing, like this one broke from the norm. So I think that's kind of what really did it for me. But yeah, I would say probably an 8.5. Yeah. 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 I think we're both very, very close there. Yeah. Not everything of it is perfect. Some of no. the humor falls a little flat, but I can't fault it for that. And, you know, I would yeah. definitely watch it again. And it's not painful humor. It's not no, like, it's oh, just like, this is, you know, a drag to get through. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a couple of moments that probably just could have been tightened up or just, you know, had another pass on them. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you know, when when you have a superhero movie that hits more than it misses, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a win in my book. And to your point, it is nice to see a superhero movie that especially in this day and age where you have so many superhero properties, so many shows you know, just all the time. It's Mm -hmm. nice to watch something like this. And while it's not the only adult superhero show out there, I know like the boys has been out and invincible. It just is still, it's still nice to see a major comic book company just be like, well, we're, we're really going to go for it. And this movie goes for it. it, It's what it calls for. And it's what the, you know, creators envisioned. Yes. It doesn't work if it's not like that. Yeah, Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we both like it. The other thing that I feel like I should bring up, too, that I, that um, maybe you mentioned a little bit. You talked about the sets. I also really like the costumes, too. They actually mm. felt like, you know, co- superhero costumes that would have been pulled out of a comic book, but yet still work. Yeah, you know, again, with Marvel, all the suits are very similar. Big, chunky metal. Yeah. You know, like everyone feels like they're wearing an Iron Man suit, but every character here had unique design to them, different, you know, suits and mm. costumes and, like, John Cena, he wore like really thin cloth like the whole time and yeah. he was still super strong. Like that's S- cool. You know? Silver helmet too. <laughs> yeah, the silver helmet. <laughs> that did not look comfortable, by the way. Yeah, right? Oof. Yeah, Looks like it's no. squeezed. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Ah. Well, sir, this is a lot of fun. I'm, I I didn't expect us to take as much of a deep dive, but I think maybe part of it was just that we hadn't recorded in a while. Probably. Yeah. I, we- I don't know. I feel like there's more to talk about the movie than about the movie, like the buildup and how it was filmed and just like mm. the thought process behind it is almost more important than the plot itself because, you know, mm. you can kind of see where the plot's going, but like the fact that this got made, I'm watching it in my home. Like yeah. I think it's quite an accomplishment and hopefully more movies follow this path. Yeah. I also, um, I also be very, very curious to see how he responds 
because obviously he's going to be doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and also a uh, not a, a yeah it's a Christmas special I think yeah so there he's doing a Christmas special which comes before Guardians three yeah and then he's also executive producing the Peacemaker TV show that's right That'll which be coming is coming out at some point yeah. yep yeah I mean he's set I mean you know I don't. Obviously, I don't know him personally, but I mean, he seems to be like a director that people like working with him. And even when all this is said and done, I'm sure maybe he will he even will go back to his roots and kind of put out a movie that's his own thing and have enough money to do it. You yeah. know, passion project. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a really, really fun discussion, buddy. And, and it made me wonder, like, if you and I were in the Suicide Squad, like, I, I think you and I... <laughs> what would our powers be? I don't know what our powers oh, be. Oh, obviously, I'm coffee man. I squirt hot coffee out of my hands and, okay. you know, drown people in coffee, I okay. guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be anxiety man. I, I, my, my powers don't work <laughs> unless I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Hey, I could be there right there with you. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I fill you I fill you with coffee to get your anxiety up, and then you share your anxiety powers with me. Perfect. Yeah, but if it's too much, I, like, explode, and that's what <laughs> ends up happening. I like too much power, and I just explode on the beach. <laughs> it's too much anxiety. <laughs> you gave me too much coffee, Adam. <laughs> I love how, like, one more thing, like James Gunn, like all his friends were in it and he kills them all off. <laughs> it's like, Mike Roker, you've been with me since the beginning. Let's put you in it. Nathan Fillon, let's put you in yeah, it. And he kills yeah. them all. <laughs> kills them all. Oh my God. Nathan Fillon's power where it's like literally his arms detach. detach yeah. I was like, what is this? This is so great. <laughs> he kills off Pete Davidson first, which is so funny because I was watching it with my brother and his fiance and his fiance right. was like, um, I really hope Pete Davidson dies first. <laughs> I was like, well, you got Aww. your wish. Well, there you go. <laughs> he gets Maybe. like his face shot off. Yeah, right. Jeez, very bloodily too. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It was like chunks. Yeah, it was like, it was like David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, you're There's right. There's even a bird that eats a bu- eats the skin. At you're the right. It's just like, what am I, is this blue velvet? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, there were a lot of birds in this. Like birds being killed, birds eating flesh. Yeah. Like, it's just very, very odd. Like... For whatever reason, you just needed to have birds in this movie. Yeah. But yeah, I just so thought of it. It's didn't... symbolism for freedom <laughs> and flying out away. So we didn't talk about the coffee. Oh my God. How did we not talk okay, about the where, coffee? Where's the bag? I'll get the bag. The bag should be behind you in the middle drawer. Middle drawer. In the coffee bar. Hi, Dale Cooper. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we, uh, we took a little road trip to Georgia. They love when you say it like Savannah, that, by the Georgia. way. Everyone loves when you pronounce Georgia like that. Anyway, we went to this amazing place. Shout out to Bethany and Jacob for this uh, Brash Friends Coffee. Friends of the show. Yes. Brash Coffee. Um, I was looking through the bags, and I came across this one called Annie Ruth Pimental. And it's a El Salvadorian coffee. Ooh. Um, the, but what really got me was the process that the beans were produced by. And it says black honey. So I've had um, natural coffee. So basically when you pick the coffee, it like dries. And you can either do it through a machine, which is like washed or natural, which is like you naturally let the juices mm. or whatever fall off. Interesting. But this is called black honey, which is like, I guess supposed to make it sweeter. Okay. So there's tasting notes of chocolate, blackberry, and ripe apple. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it it is quite tasty. Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, no, it is good. This is a good cup of coffee. You made this for me yesterday as well, and mm. you, you you asked me like to tell you what I tasted, and I definitely taste the chocolate for yeah. me. I don't know, maybe it's just my tasting palate. 
or whatever. But yeah. It tastes no. like apple chocolate, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And then the variety is red bourbon and the process black honey. Like it's just it's just so cool. I love that kind of stuff about it's, coffee. It's like a it's it's kind of heavy on the tongue, but it's very fruity. Like it's kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like a, a French press kind of feel, but like fruitier. You know what? You're right. Yeah. This is pretty much French press. You're right. And I feel like that comes from the bourbon. And I'm not usually like a big bourbon fan with coffee and stuff because I feel like a lot of it just overpowers with bourbon. It just doesn't taste like anything whiskey, mm. coffee just doesn't do it for me. I, di I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't know, like the whiskey blends or whatever, like they brew it in like a whiskey barrel. It's like, ugh. I well, can't I feel like it. those things are usually, you know, BS anyway. Yeah, they're a little gimmicky. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like more like creating the flavor than actually exactly yeah where this is more like the mouth taste of bourbon yeah. versus it tasting like bourbon yeah yeah, yeah. mouth taste yeah <laughs> mouth taste flavor profile excuse me <laughs> me and my coffee expert oh uh, yeah <laughs> terminology yeah, no, this, this is fantastic i like i i actually typically you finish your cup of coffee before i do but i gulp this thing down because it's just that good oh <laughs> oh man i'm honored i'm honored yeah, well, and we're honored that you took the time to listen to our podcast, which is on g4dpodcast.com and Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and Stitcher and Spotify. Spotify. I think we said Spotify. We did say Spotify. Wherever okay. you get your podcasts, there we are. Yes. <laughs> Please subscribe, comment, all the good stuff. Let us know what movies to watch. Let us know what music to listen to. Let us know what coffee to drink. Yeah, we haven't talked about music in a while. It's Jeez. time to get back on the music train. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot out there that I have not listened to that <laughs> <laughs> I need to. So does this mean we need to have a lightning rounds episode? I think so. Does this mean we need to have a like quick fire like pew 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 two two, two sentences or less? Yeah. Like Billie Eilish. <laughs> I don't know what I'd say about Billie Eilish. St. Vincent Daddy's Home. Excellent album. Please listen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know why I chose uh, Billie Eilish because she came on a new album. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, I I was surprised by her first album. I didn't I didn't think I'd dig it, but I I did. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's like you know something I listen to regularly, but I was like, oh okay, I get it, I get it. Um, yeah, there's uh, also uh, let's see, we did we didn't talk about the Modest Mass album. I thought that would have been a fun one to talk about. Mm. I know you weren't a fan of the one song, but I thought the rest of the album was pretty solid. I'll have to give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's... it's That last album was not not good. Yeah, yeah. A little rough to get through. Yeah, yeah. And I've missed the St. Vincent album. Oh, you definitely should listen to that one. Yeah, it's I need to. Good. It's very like, good. It's like 70s, but St. Vincent. 70s, but St. Vincent. Yeah. Okay. Like right. the sounds and stuff. She had a little less distortion and fuzz and more kind of like rock. Do you think we should do, I know it's not technically the middle of the year anymore because there's only like four years left. But four years. Four, no, four, four years. Four, four years. Wow. Of, I mean, it sure felt like four years. Uh, okay. That just goes to show out. Yeah, we can I do am. like a, like a, like a, we should, we would want to call half year list just. Best um, albums of the year so far. Yeah. Something like that. Got it. Albums we should talk about and listen to and all that fun stuff. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Mm, there's, there's, there's no shortage of them. That's the problem. Like, how do I get that list down? I'm going to be here forever. Ugh. It's been another great year for music. 
I know we haven't talked about it as much, but just every single week there's something new and something great. It's out of control. Anyways, friends, thanks for listening here at G4D. AKA Grounds. For Discussion. discussion. Thanks, bye. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at g4dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.